Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, well, let's get, let's pray and we'll get started, all right? Father, thank you so much uh, for being our God and for loving us, for being the awesome God that you are, and for having such a powerful name. We praise you, we honor you, we glorify you. And Father, this, this evening we want to learn uh, more about you. Help us as we study. Help us to... Uh, uh, to go through the text and, and learn the things that we need to learn and then have the courage to apply them to our lives. Thank you for the opportunity. Bless our audience as they as they uh, interact. And I pray, Father, that you would help them as they navigate through the text with us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, I don't know. I think we're going to actually finish it this week, Dan. We, uh, we're in Exodus. We said that last week. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. Lord, Lord willing, we'll get through it. <laughs> Uh, 34, we're going to be in Exodus 34, starting in, uh, Evidently, he wasn't willing for about a month, because we've been at this for almost a month, this chapter. Well, so People get chapter. the wrong idea that I've, that I've influenced you, because this is how I study the text anyway, in my classes, so. <laughs> uh, so Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets. What do you think, what do you think the people are thinking? You know, this guy went up there to die. Mm -hmm. You know, God's all upset, all angry. They all know they royally messed up. This dude goes up there to die. This guy starts walking off of the mountain with two more stone tablets. What do you think is going through these people's minds? They're confused. They don't have any idea. They're like little children. You know, we were just talking about your two new ones, and, and they're, they're, they don't know. I mean, it, you know, it, it it boils down to what we were just talking about, about, about your two, you know, foster kids. You know, there's going to be a lot of changes made in their lives, okay? If it if it goes through the way it goes through, it's going to be a lot of changes, and and those kids are not going to understand. The little one especially is not going to understand. But it boils down to trust, and when you dis, when you lose the trust, yeah. is when you make mistakes. Hmm. You know, it. I think when they lost trust in Moses and in God to carry out what God had planned already, when when they lost that trust, when they lost that confidence in Him. You know, they looked around and said, well, where's Moses? Moses not anywhere. And that's a recipe for disaster for children. If you don't have some kind of access, some kind of control, and, and you know, God God had left them down there on the mountain. It was up there with Moses. And he said, hey, guy, you need to go down there because them people you brought out of Egypt, they're, your people are, are really messing up down there. Yeah. And, and uh, they lost trust. And as long as your little children trust you, you're going to be able to do, you said, well, well he'll, he'll, he's, he's little, he doesn't understand, he'll do whatever, you know, whatever we tell him. Well, and, you know, we should be that way too. Mm. Jesus said, unless you become like little children. And I think that that uh, when Moses goes up now for the second time, 
don't think they understand what what's going on. I don't know if they knew he was going up there to die. That was his intent. That was not God's intent. That was his intent. Right, right. He was gonna he was gonna throw himself on the altar to sacrifice himself for them people. That's what he was doing. Spare them, take me. This is exactly what Jesus does. Yes. But this is what Moses was willing to do. That's why he's a type and any type of Christ. And he said, and it's and so when he goes back up there, he I don't think he knows what's coming. He knows what he thinks is gonna happen. Right. But he doesn't know what coming. He doesn't know that God is gonna rewrite the tablets that he broke. He threw them and broke them. And he's going to rewrite the tablets, put his his rules and regulations on them. And uh, and I think there's a, I think there, I want to say this right. I think for Moses and for God, there is a come to God moment between them. Okay. I think. Like a come to Jesus moment where Moses looks around and says, huh, whoa. I don't know that he'd had that yet. And I think he just had, I think that's why it's going to talk about his face gets radiant. I think he finally opens himself up to the, to the, to the coming upon of God. Well, I think that's Exodus 34, 6 and 7. I think that that is that come to I, Jesus moment. You know, I that's, think, I, I've got this person. Think about it. You know, you see God mm -hmm. land on a mountaintop and fire and brimstone and thunder and you know he's holy and you know he's righteous and you know he's all these things and you're thinking we better not step a toe out of line or this god is serious and gonna wipe us off the map mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and then you do the worst your people do the worst thing imaginable they, they don't they don't like you know like put a toe across the line they just jump over it yeah. you know and go all in against their god right and so you know, he's got to be thinking, I'm about to be, I, I'm going to go up there and try to save all y'all. And I, he's going to, this is going to be horrid. This is going to be hard. This is going to be horrific. You know, and he gets <laughs> up there and God says, no, no, no. I'm compassionate and gracious and mm -hmm. slow to mm -hmm. anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, keeping, uh, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving, you know, the yep. wickedness and sin. And Moses, Moses responds to that, please forgive your people. And we're going to see it again in Numbers 14. We'll see it again mm -hmm. um, when it comes, when they, when they again step over that line and don't exercise that trust, don't trust him, right? Mm -hmm. We'll see a, Moses appeal to that again. And in fact, we'll see the prophets appeal to it. We'll see all throughout the Old Testament, that is what people are appealing to. So I think you're absolutely head on, nail, nail on the head. Um, he had to come to Jesus moment up there. Yeah, he did. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a... You know, uh, things are starting to unfold for him and start. things are starting to be clarified for him. That's what I mean about a come to Jesus moment. You look around and say, oh, yeah. oh now I got it. He's starting to understand what God is really about here. Yeah. He, he is understanding that, that sometimes God's going to discipline his children and it's going to be horrific. And sometimes... You know, and, and like Hebrews 12 says, endure hardship is discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, some, and that's Moses looking at this and saying, wow. You know, and, and, and he's and he's told them, you know, all of this stuff. And, and like I said, it's like you with your children, with those two little ones, little boys especially, you know, they don't have a clue. Their lives have been a, it's absolutely been a train wreck, mm -hmm. their lives. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes these two people in their lives who are trying to straighten out the train wreck. What do they see? It's a train wreck. The little one, not so much, but the other one. You know, it's a train wreck. Yeah, and you're going to have to prove to him where he can trust you that what you say has validity to it. God is fine. It's finally getting for Moses where he's looking at God and saying, all right, 
I got it. Now your word means it. I, because he was bickering and arguing all the time. I don't know if I want to go. I can't really talk that well. You know, remember all that? Mm -hmm. You know, and and I don't. I think when he comes down off that mountain and sees that golden calf, he loses his mind. Instead of saying, you know what, God. Well, imagine after spending 40 days with God up on a mountain, getting his law, uh -huh. you know, seeing what God is going to do. I mean, could you imagine 40 days up on this mountain with God? Well, I think I think he instead of trusting that God, this is God's people and and saying, OK, what are you going to do? You know, he gets angry, throws a broccoli on everything, everything. That's still the, the kind of old Moses. He's still going to have some of that. But but here I think it, you start to see Moses start to come to a a, a different place in his life i think look, look at look at what it says here it says when moses came down from mount sinai with two tablets of the covenant law in his hands he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the lord i mean he, they had a conversation moses said look i you know these are your people there's a whole lot of them and they're going to be a they're an obstinate arrogant you know pompous bunch of jerks most of the time you know that and here i am take me and save them i'll, I'll give myself and god's thinking you have no idea how true a statement you just made. You have no idea what's coming down the road. You have no idea that you remind me so much of what of the incarnate Christ that's going to come in a, in a couple in a thousand years. He's going to come. Moses don't have a clue. He don't have a clue. Mm. He don't have. First Peter tells us that these prophets that wrote they looked intently, long to understand what they what how the grace of God was pointing them to, but pointing to us, not to them, but to us. And they didn't understand. But they wanted to understand. It says even angels long to look at these things. Even angels, you know, what we, I told my class Sunday morning, I said, what we take for granted, this salvation, we get in blase and nonchalant. Angels long to understand what we have. Yeah. And I think Moses is looking at it and saying, Ooh, man, you got a chance to talk to God. Mm. Wow. What a, what a, you know, and it says when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and they were afraid to come near him. Think about, mm. you know, how, how, uh, you know, that when, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many implications here. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I think like when, what happened, you know, the glory and the holiness of God that they've experienced and they've seen just up on the mountain is now coming down off the mountain around Moses. I mean, is this dude a holy avenger now? Is he going to come out off of this mountain with these two tablets and kill us all? For the things that we've done right is this you know in the new testament with the apostles is this even is this a ghost mm -hmm. right that's coming down off of this mountain? is this an apparition right so mm -hmm. i mean there's so many ways i think there's a there's a level of fear among the people because for the people they don't they haven't heard the things that god has what do they said. do when god shows up what do they what do they usually do when god shows up when, when these people yeah these people what do they usually do when god shows up they run and hide yeah they run and hide yeah. moses moses just came in and god just showed up yeah I think I think the implication for us is yeah. is when we show up, people ought to know that Jesus just showed up. Cause I, I've had Booty Pearson used to tell me all the time when we went to the jail. He said, "Always remember something: you may be the only Jesus they ever see." It's very true, you know. And I think Moses has just realized, or Moses is going to realize here, that when he walks in the room, God just showed up, and that's the that's the type of person he needs to become well i mean jesus said in matthew chapter five right let your light shine before others yeah. so that others may you know praise your heavenly we're father. supposed to imitate him we are we're supposed to we're supposed to look like him when we walk in the room he's supposed to show up and and i think yeah. i think that's sadly that's not what happens in a lot of a lot of our cases it's not you know we let the work we let the world moses let the world around him mm. dictate how he was going to respond 
and we let the world around us dictate how we're going to respond. We respond like, uh, uh, not like Christians, not like Jesus did. We have a perfect example of how Jesus, how to respond, how Jesus responded. Yeah. And, and, you know, we get all freaked out. I mean, you know, the government does this or they do that and they pass this bill and, you know, and, and, you know, and you can, you can bring court hands down a decision and you can, and you can see clearly if you're, if you have any common sense at all, you can see clearly that there's some ulterior motives here. Mm. Okay. Financial mm. ulterior motives here. And, and we uh, are you suggesting that the and, world is corrupt? Oh no, heavens no, Cole. I would never say that. Goodness gracious! You know, I, if it wasn't, then Jesus would have to come back because it is. He's going to have to come back someday and take care of it all. But I mean, it, it's. It, I mean, I'm, I don't know what what it must have been like for the for the people when they when Moses walked down off that mountain. I don't know what it means that his that his face was radiant. I don't know what that means. I have no idea that his face was glowing, that mm. light was coming off of it. I don't know. Uh, but I know that he was afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to him. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Mm. Well, here's the same Moses. But he don't look the same. Right. Yeah. And he said, afterward, all the Israelites came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given them him on Mount Sinai. Here we go. Chapter two. Yeah. Round two. Round two. <laughs> you know, did it already? No, because he didn't give it to him the first time because he threw it and broke it. Right. Yeah. He came down with it, but he never gave we it. Know, we didn't get to this point. We didn't so get we're making this. progress. Yeah, we are making so progress. Understand, though, and this is very important. The covenant has not yet been restored. Mm -hmm. The covenant is broken. Yeah. God has, this is God's pledge yeah. uh -huh. to fix the covenant. Yeah. But it has not happened yet. Mm -hmm. It won't happen until Leviticus chapter 9. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. we're working in that direction. We're going in that direction. But the rest of Exodus, technically, the covenant has not been fixed. And that'll become really, really apparent at the very end of Exodus and the beginning of Leviticus. It'll mm -hmm. be it'll be crystal. We'll see it. Yeah. But it's an important thing to note. God has pledged himself to fixing it, but it's not fixed yet. Well, so go ahead. And it says when Moses finished speaking to them, whenever he entered the Lord's presence, he's to speak with him, he removed the he put oh I, I missed a part. Thirty three. Yeah, verse thirty two. Afterward all the Israel came all right, first when Moses finished speaking to him, he put a veil over his face. Okay. So when he when he's talking to God, he takes it off. When he's talking to the people, he puts it back on. So they, but I guess because they're scared. Well, and there's a there's a New Testament writer who picks this up. Okay, talks about the veiling, the veiling of the heart, the veiling of of their hearts, and the veiling of their minds and stuff. Paul in the New Testament talks about this when it comes to the grace that has come through Christ and how the Jews in the first century they've been veiled or covered and they they don't they don't understand they can't see it. Every day, Paul would say that every day in the synagogue when Moses is read, you know, a veil sits over their hearts, so the Jews' hearts, so you know they don't understand. You know where that is? I don't know where that is. Uh, you know, I had the text on the tip of my tongue, and I can't I can't get it out. It's not Hebrews. Uh, it might be 2 Corinthians. I don't know. I, I, I think so. I, I don't remember that text. I'd have to, I'll have to find it. I'll find it next week, and we'll, okay. we'll go look right. at it. But okay. it, it's, it's, Paul talks about this in the New Testament, about the, uh, it's 2 Corinthians or Galatians. Second Corinthians or I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've not. I don't remember that text. Yeah, I was just reading. I was just reading it. Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll read it real quick. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Rather thirteen. Um. 
So he's actually talking about the transitory nature of the law. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'll start, come back down into verse 7 in 2 Corinthians. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because okay. of his glory, yeah, I remember that transitory though it was, and this is a really important note. I, I, come in, I come in contact with people all the time who say, we've got to restore the law. Mm -hmm. Okay, I come in contact with these people that believe that that for Christ to come, we've got to restore the covenant at Sinai here on earth. Understand, Paul teaches very clearly in the New Testament, the covenant at Sinai was transitory. It was meant to lead us to Jesus. It was not meant for us to apply all over the planet. Okay, and there's a lot that goes into that statement. I'm not going to dig into it right now, but understand that Paul himself says uh, transitory though it was, right? Will not, this is talking about, so the Israelites could not steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was, will not therefore the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? So if the ministry that brought condemnation, that was the law, was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ it is taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all... Who with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So Paul takes that story and makes a direct application to their day with it. Um, and I think you it's, said you said 13. That's why I couldn't find it. It's in actually in Second Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. You yeah. said 13. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. yeah you're I'm looking at 13. I said, they don't say any of that. Yeah. Chapter 3. My yeah. apologies. Chapter Second Corinthians three. chapter 3. If you were if you were as confused as he was, my apologies. Yeah, I was Verse confused. 13. I'm yeah. looking all around. I looked at 1 Corinthians and I said, 1 Corinthians 13 don't say any of that. I know that. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been through that section quite a bit because in my... Uh, on my Wednesday so night you said class. three and, I, and then you said change to 13. I put a one right there and changed it. So. In my... Uh, in my uh, Wednesday night class during the year, New New Covenant Church, it's something that we talk about quite a bit. We talked about the old covenant and how it how it interacted mm -hmm. and, and its point, mm -hmm. its thrust. So many people, you know, think, well, they were saved by the old covenant, and it's like you're, you're misunderstanding what the point of the old covenant was. The point of the old covenant was not meant to bring salvation. It was to set things up for Christ to come and bring salvation. That's right. Everyone is saved. It doesn't matter if it's prior to the covenant at Sinai. It doesn't matter if it's under the covenant at Sinai. It doesn't matter if it's under the new covenant. Everyone is saved throughout all time by the blood of Christ. Christ and this is Colossians chapter 1, right? Hebrews chapter all 11 things, says that. Hebrews chapter 11. Only yeah. together with us could they be made perfect. All things are summed up in him. So yeah. uh, it's, an, it's an understanding. You know, we want to, we look at those 10 commandments and we want to say, well, well, this is the standard. But it's actually much greater than that. You really, what you really need to do is you need to look at the 10 commandments and then listen yeah. to the lawgiver himself expound on those 10 commandments in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. You know something? I just thought of when you were saying that. Uh, I remember how difficult a time I had with all this covenant stuff and everything oh, back when I was first converted mm -hmm. because our rhetoric, our, our terminology wasn't as good back then. We, I don't think we had as clear understanding back then, back in, you know, this has been 40 years ago. I don't think we had a clear understanding. And so the way we, the way we described it, you know, the guy that taught me was excellent, mm -hmm. but 
I don't think he, I, I, I can, I can picture myself and remember as I, as I studied and studied more, the rhetoric got better and better. It, the, the dialogue got better and the explanation got easier to, to explain and easier to understand as we went through it. And I just, I was listening to you just now and saying, you know, if a guy had told me that 40 years ago, it'd have been so much easier for me to understand. Mm. Well, you know, and, and look, part of it is that you've been going over it for 40 years. I understand that. But but I'm thinking I, it wasn't taught, told me that way back then. Yeah. You know, I, I can remember, you know, that, well, the blood was like an umbrella. And it's I mean, it's like it's retroactive. And I'm going, yeah, wait, 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 wait. That's that's confusing. That's hard to understand. Yeah, so there so there was a teaching that that I've run across. There's a teaching that I've run across. Uh, it's It's kind of a traditional teaching. And I don't know how pervasive it is, but um, it, it essentially says that. God held like just God held in limbo the sins that were committed. Yeah, yeah. That's that's nonsense. Okay, so but that's the kind of that's yeah. the kind of rhetoric we had back then. Right. So it, it, I mean, te- te- it's kind of getting the weeds a little bit. Technically speaking, right? Christ exists. Christ offered His blood on the altar in eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. Eternity touches all time. Well, that's why it says in Hebrews also that that all all of His work was done before the foundation of yeah. the earth. Yeah. Time is the bubble. That exists within the 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 vessel of eternity. Yeah. So there's like this bubble of time where we exist, and God's all around that in eternity. <laughs> you, now you're gonna get really confused. Sorry, again. we're getting into cosmology a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're, we're getting into okay, stuff. So that it, have nothing to do here. All right. So look, the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. All sin is forgiven within the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's David with Bathsheba and Uriah. It doesn't matter if it's Adam. Mm-hmm. violating the command it doesn't matter at what point the sins that you'll commit tomorrow all of it is summed up in the blood of christ as long as we continue to Stay walk faithful. in the light yeah. well we have to turn from our wickedness accept the gospel right it does not mean we're going to be perfect no it doesn't it doesn't because he says in that same text but we're given the spirit of god to help us yes to help move us and push still us. doesn't mean you're going to be perfect no it doesn't but because it, it says in that same text well and what god what is so what is god looking for and I, this is why with new converts, I always study first John next. We get, we get that we get the gospel, what the gospel is. We get acts, we get how to obey the gospel, all that. And then we jump into first John. And then again, in that text, yeah, it says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the right. truth's not in you. But, because in that first, right before it, it says the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. Well, and that's, and that's my point. So mm-hmm. we oftentimes think that God is expecting perfection from us, mm-hmm. right? We, th- like, we look at them, we go, see, they messed up. God doesn't want me to mess up. No, 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 no. God wants you to do what they didn't. And what they didn't do was trust him. God wants you to trust him. And when you trust him, what you'll do is you'll love other people and serve other people. You'll put that as the focal point of your life. And when you live that life, when you live in service and sacrificial love. And part of, and part of that trust is that I, I trust that God can love me in spite of my imperfections. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You're trusting him to do what he's I don't live in my weaknesses. Do. I don't live in my imperfections. I live in no. him, but I still have them. Well, I mean, Paul would say in Romans chapter six, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How can we who have died to sin continue to live in it? Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll go on to point out in Romans 8, you're slave to whomever you obey. So if you're going to obey sin, if you're going to continue to do that, I mean, look, the Hebrew writer says it very clearly. Anyone who continues to sin, they're going to be cut off. Mm-hmm. If you continue to pursue sin, if you continue to willfully pursue it and live in it, I'm sorry. There's there's not going to be any salvation for you. That's the key. Yeah. If you continue to live in it. Yeah, if you continue because, to live in it. Because, yeah. you know, there are people watching us, you know, us sitting in this room. Sin today, sin yesterday, we'll sin tomorrow. Absolutely. And look, we're I'm not, in the same we're, boat. But we're not pursuing sin. We're not yeah. living in it. Well, look, and so it's it's not just a do not 
right? Mm -hmm. That's a do not statement. Mm -hmm. Do not live in sin, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, don't do that. You shouldn't. You should. You should try to to not live in that. That's that's very true. But then, what are you living towards? And that's First John. Yeah. First John tells yeah. us loving we each live, other, loving God, trust love, yeah. love, love God, trust yeah. Him, love your brother, love your neighbor, okay. serve people. Now we start the 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 regulations. He starts. He goes start dictating all this stuff to him. We got out of chapter thirty four. We're done with that. You know, it's you know. Did we did we really get through all of it? Well, did if, we you, if, if you're gonna start chasing more rabbits for the next verse, well, you know, I guess we didn't then. <laughs> Verse 35, they saw that his face was radiant, then Moses would put the veil. No, we did. We read that. Yeah. Um, I so yeah, we're done. We're in 35, but see, I want to chase a little one more rabbit. All right, look, I'm gonna chase one more rabbit. Okay, look, think about it. Think about it. Why did he why did he cover his face? Why did he cover his face? Because the Israelites were disturbed by it, right? They were afraid. Yeah. They were afraid of him. In Jesus, we have awesome freedom, mm -hmm. radical freedom. What do we do with it? What should we do with it? And this is, and this gets down to the crux of so many church fights, so many church problems, so many, so many hurt feelings. What do we do with our freedom? Dan, you've been an elder in the Lord's church for how long? Long time. How many of the fights that you've seen between brothers and sisters stemmed from, well, I want to do it this way. Oh, all of them. All of them. All of them. And what that's, it, what, that's what it always is. And what is it? I am free. The argument goes like this. I am free to do X, Y, Z. Right. And so we should do X, Y, Z. And then you got a brother over here that says, no, we can't do X, Y, Z, right? And then next thing you know, we're either doing X, Y, Z or we're not, but now we've got- Now we've got split. Now we've got split. Somebody's unhappy. Somebody's, somebody's unhappy. Somebody's upset. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement is that we follow Moses' example here. And we follow Paul's example. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Romans chapter 13 and 14. Um, veil yourself. You know, restraint. If you have freedom, give it up for your brother or sister. Mm -hmm. If you don't have freedom and you feel restrained, explain stop. explain uh, what you're talking. I know what you're talking about, but for them, explain what mm, uh, simpler what it means to veil yourself. There are mm -hmm. times when when you know, when you walk into a conversation or you walk into a situation, sure, and you need to keep your mouth shut. You need not say anything. Well, you may be the you may be the smartest one in the room, but right. you don't need to open your mouth and make sure everybody knows that. You know, you may you may have a better way of doing yeah. something. You know, you may it may be better yeah. the way you want to do it. But what good is it going to do if you hurt somebody's feelings in the process? What you know, your your way, your methodology may be better. But if you have a young baby Christian coming up and they've come up with something and you go in and step right in the middle of their neck, or an old baby Christian well, that's coming up. That's true too, and that's and we're all guilty of this, you know. Open my mouth, stick in my foot, you know, and and it's a, and somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. The church doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on you, and it doesn't depend on if you've got the best ministry plan out there. You're the smartest guy in the room. You've got all the degree, all that stuff. You got everything. You get everything in a bag of chips. It doesn't depend on you either. You know what I'm? It depends out? on Christ. You know what I figured out? Hmm. There's always tomorrow. You always have tomorrow, you know, and it, you know, it's not going to hurt nothing if you're not the center of attention. If somebody else is, it's not going to hurt anything. If, if your plan didn't get implemented, if you're, a, if, if they didn't take your suggestion, it's not going to hurt anything. You'll have your opportunity. If the suggestion is good and viable, 
and the, and the plan is going to is better what God wants. You're going to get your opportunity. Well, just wait for the Lord. Yeah. You know, be patient. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we live in this culture in in the most individualistic culture on the planet and we feel like we've got to make things happen. You know, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with with saying the most important thing I can do is pray. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to tell people, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'll pray for you, but what can I do? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's dumb. The most important thing I can do or any Christian can do for any other person is pray for them. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. But it, we struggle within our own culture because our culture is like, no, 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 I've got to do it. Right. Yeah. And so if if this is you in this situation, right, I've got uh, you've got the best idea, wh- whatever. Be patient. The Lord knows, you know, at, honestly, you're putting a star in your crown by giving that up and saying, God, you know how I see these things. You know, you don't, you don't get stars in your crown for being the most important guy in the room. No, you get stars in your crown for giving up stuff. Mm-hmm. Look, go read Paul for in Paul. Go read Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And in what did Jesus do in, in the upper room? He washed their feet. He's go trying read to Philippians teach chapter two. Philippians yeah. chapter two is he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, mm-hmm. and then God raised him up and glorified yeah. him. Well, I mean, and and you look at this here, and uh, you know, it he had he had a he had a one on one with God. Even Joshua runs from him. And Joshua's the next guy up. Okay? Joshua's going to experience this very thing here. He is. He's going to experience the same thing, just not yet. He's not ready. You know, so he needs an example from Moses, just like he needs an example. You need an example from me. You know, we need examples from each other. How do I handle this so that when it happens to me, I can handle it the very best I can do and do better things, do more things? Than the person ahead of the that did showed me how to do it. Yeah, I think it's a, I think that's a great point that you know it's a, sometimes it's time for us to veil our face. Sometimes you know they don't need to see they don't need to see it because it's ter- it's scary. You know, and we need to just let them you know let it open up a little bit at a time. And I think that's a good point. I don't know that they, that that everybody can understand that, uh, but when you've been doing church work and ministry and all that stuff as long as some as some of us have, uh, you realize that. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes just, just bailing your face sometimes can be can be a, a just taking on a, the the life of a servant. And I was gonna exact. That's exactly what I was saying. Let treat other people as if they're more important than you. Yeah. Treat other people as if their ideas are better. As if as if they've got the bet. They've got the. They're, they're all that in the bag of chips. Even in the church, though, it, and it's sad. We elevate people to places of prominence and high status because of what they can do mm. and what they and what they bring how much they own and and that's you know well and if if Jesus chased at, chases at leaves the 99 and chases after the one i mean that should that te- that should tell us it should remind us but i'm guilty of it too i'm not saying i'm not but it should remind us that the, the it should remind us of the surpassing value of all i think something we ought to there are other chapters that we're going to get to that we're going to be at just as long sure. that, that like this one, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I hope it wasn't boring for you guys that we got to an end of this thing. And we just, you know, we tried to, we tried to bring out the points, you know, it's like I pray that we have the, that we have the courage to apply these things to our lives. You know, how do I become the kind of, the kind of person that Moses was and veil my face and veil myself and, and make it, you know, he was thinking of the people. You yeah. know, if this is making them afraid, then I need to, it's like I, we talked about somebody the today before we started. And I said, you know, I didn't know what to say, but the last thing I wanted to do is open my mouth and turn them off. 
And so, you know, and you 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 walk a fine line. Yeah. You know, these people could lose their souls. And yeah. and you know, yeah, I've I've said it, you know, I've said it once, I'll say it again. You know, I don't envy your job. You know, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you so much to pray for our ownership because the the work and the job they're doing here is I mean, it's so easy to to look at what you guys do and just be like, eh, they're not they're not really doing anything. But me sitting on this side of the table, I, w- I would say that, you know, their job is much harder than mine. Well, and you and you and you know a lot of people, and you've had an interaction with a lot of guys that are young preachers, and uh, and you hear stories about about what's going on in other places. Oh goodness, yeah. And it, and uh, and you know, every eldership is is different in its own way. And well, you know, when when you have churches and congregations where elders don't want to be elders, elders were felt like they're forced into the position or they don't they've never had good modeling for elders. I think we're supremely blessed because we've had good modeling for yeah, we elders. Have. We have. Um and so, you know, it's it's just one of those things where you know, they it's it could <laughs> We are very blessed to have you guys, and it's just that simple. And so, I, but it's a it's a difficult job. It's a hard job, and you know, and you know that because how the guys, some of the guys that you've talked to about coming up into the eldership, are are digging heels. Oh, digging heels, digging heels, D- digging heels is a is a nice way to say it. Well, I mean, you know? but I I appreciate I appreciate that because they understand the gravity. They're not looking at it as if it's you know, like glory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's yeah. a, that's a very good thing. But well, church again, encourage, I want to encourage you so much. Please pray for our elders. Please. And, please and wherever you are, please pray for the elders where you are. Absolutely. Uh, you know, pray for them. I mean, they have a, they have a thankless job. You know, they, they, they wear a target on their back 90% of the time and, uh, and they're going to have to stand before God and, and, you know, they're going to, they're going to take their last breath agonizing over somebody they didn't think they talked to enough or didn't, didn't call enough or whatever. And, uh, you know, and pretty, and sometimes things happen in your own life and you look around and you say, I don't have time to do this anymore. I just don't have time to give it everything I need to do. And I've talked to guys that were like that and had to step down because they didn't have the time that, it, that they felt it took to do it. So anyway, uh, let's pray. We're done. We'll, we'll get there at chapter 35 promise next week. Well, we're going to, we'll, we'll, so, so we're going to be moving through that text real quick. So from 35 to the end of Exodus is a lot of regulation. And, it, and we're going to, we're just going to touch on bits and pieces of it. That's right. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study together tonight. We pray your blessings upon all of us as we as we look through the text. Help us, Father. Some of this stuff is very difficult. And it's very hard to understand. And I just pray, Father, that you open our minds and clear our hearts that we might have a, a receptiveness so that we can so that the word can touch us and help us to see the things that we need to see, so that we can be the people that you need us to be and that you envision us to be. Thank you for the opportunities. Thank you especially, Father, for all these things that point us directly to your son. Thank you for him and for what he did for us. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen.